We're almost to double digits of Inside CHSL. This is episode nine. Brendan Johnson across from me, Jeremy Otto here. Want to remind you real quick, subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at Inside underscore CHSL. We also have a Gmail now, Inside CHSL at Gmail. So we're getting some Twitter interaction, and we really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, People tweeting at us individually and people tweeting at inside underscore CHSL. If you're not into the Twitter game, you can certainly email us with your ideas, but we really we really want to hear those, and those are really helpful to, to piecing this together each week. Loving the interaction. A lot of great stuff going on in the Catholic League, and we're hearing a lot about basketball right now. Girls basketball, regular season finishing up. Boys basketball getting ready to finish up as well, so that's kind of been the big highlight over the previous week, but we got a lot of good stuff to get into from hockey to wrestling to swimming to basketball. There's some good stuff on the docket today, Jeremy. They almost kept us to 10. Are they going to keep us next week? Or? We'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's let's give a good show here. J&B's top highlights from the previous week. We kick it off with, the, with some wrestling, Brendan. 25 consecutive years. Catholic Central wins the wrestling championships. I mean, it's been since 1994 when Brother Rice won the championship. That, That's uh, when I was born. Catholic Central. I, hey, I wasn't even born yet. So in my entire lifetime, Catholic Central has won the Catholic League wrestling title. And it's just true dominance out of that program uh, and, and another Catholic League title captured by the Shamrocks. And yes, I said that because people think I'm, I'm younger than that. So there you go. 1994, you can check my birth certificate. You still look 19, maybe 20. <laughs> I don't know. Depends what you're doing with the glasses. Yeah, you know, I've kept these sunglasses for a while now. Number two, cheer championship results. Cardinal Division Championship, Everest Collegiate. Nice job by the Mountaineers in the Bishop Division. Divine Child, no surprise there is Divine Child just dominant in uh, cheer and pop. Yeah, absolutely right. Congratulations to both of those programs. And you kind of know what you're going to get, especially out of Divine Child and for Everest Collegiate. That's an exciting championship victory for them as well. So... Uh, you know, very competitive scores, right? All very close to each other, but Everest edging it out uh, as well as Divine Child. So congratulations to both of those teams and schools. Moving on, UD Jesuit Hockey, they defeat Midland Dow. Now, Midland Dow is number nine in Division Two, and they beat Salem, who's number four in Division One, at that MIHL showcase, which was just flooded with mm-hmm. a ton of great games. So big Big playoff wins. You know, we talk about the Catholic League, especially Central Division teams in hockey. CC and Brother Rice really seem to get most of the attention, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Very, very talented teams. Both can make a quest for state championships again this year. But UD Jesuit is shaping themselves up as well to very much be a contender. Division three, correct? That's where U of D Jesuit yeah. will be. Mm-hmm. So a couple of big wins over Midland Dow and then Salem. And we look at it and, and, you know, even UD's opponents in the last 10 years or so when they've been making these runs to the semifinals, the last two years they haven't gotten to that point. But uh, you look at Brighton, and we talked about this, I think, uh, in maybe five or so podcasts back. They had the hot goalies Mm -hmm. all throughout the state tournament. UD's kind of struggled to score, so maybe it's Joey Morenci and Blake Nowak that kind of carry them to this point. They both have pretty good games uh, against Midland, Dow, and Salem, but if you can get a hot goalie or two leading into the, the, the state playoffs, 
sometimes it doesn't matter if you can score in bunches. You're going to face some teams, obviously, and even in Division Three. I mean, there's there's some teams that can and put it in the back of the net uh, with no doubt, but uh, if you can ride a hot goal and you can get at least one of those guys rolling towards the playoffs, so that might uh, you know be key to their success. You could take a team that relies on on high octane offense, a lot of scoring to generate them to victories, and you're able to get stops, especially with strong goalie play, as you mentioned. That's how you throw a team off rhythm, right? And then all it takes is that one or two good breaks, that that lucky bounce, and all of a sudden you find yourself cruising along, winning playoff games. So. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's like somebody makes the comparison, you know, in baseball, you just got to have good pitching and catching. If you can rely on your pitcher, your catcher, you're going to find a way to manufacture runs. And in hockey, if you don't steal signs, Hey, all right now, all right now, (laughs) geez. But you know, uh, if you've got a strong keeper in the net and you're able to put pressure on, especially defensively and and limit open opportunities and breakaway opportunities, then yeah, you're, you're going to find a way to put the the puck in the net and find a way to score. So uh, and that should generate W's for UD Jesuit. But a couple big wins, good momentum for them coming out of the MIHL showcase. And to beat two teams that are, are ranked in the shootout probably you know does something for your confidence. Maybe as you get towards the playoffs and maybe you have to play in an overtime game uh, because there is no shootout, I believe, still in MHSA play. Orchard Lake St. Mary's like it's been a long time now, but like six or seven overtimes. I think they went to one time in the state finals, but uh, that maybe can do you some good as well. We move on to girls basketball. Got a lot of basketball brewing and our interview guest, uh, Ring Ring, just a little bit of a, a tease there, if you will, <laughs> will be a boys basketball coach. We'll get to that in a second, but Bishop Foley girls, how about them? They go undefeated in intersectional one play, 8-0, 14 and 2 overall. Nice job by Ray Joseph's team, huh? Yeah, no doubt about that. You look at Bishop Foley and Shrine, they're the two top tier programs of intersectional basketball. Shrine winning the intersectional two, Bishop Foley winning the intersectional one. Uh, those two teams, as we've talked about and met once before, I expect to see them meet again, maybe at Callahan Hall. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But for now, when you look at Bishop Foley, they've got such a nice balance. They've got some seniors, and they've got some freshmen with a mixture of sophomores and juniors in there as well, but a couple standout freshmen and a couple really solid seniors that are bringing leadership and ability to the floor every night. They rebound the basketball well. They shoot the basketball well. They can push in transition. They can slow you down. They can hit threes, and then they can push it inside. They're a balanced team and can hit you from multiple different angles, so it's not by mistake they're 14 and 2. It's not by mistake they went 9 and 0 in intersectional one play. And, you know, I, I don't know. You look at Bishop Foley, those two losses, they're uh they're both single digit, very close game losses. So look for this team to be making a run in the Catholic League tournament and then in the state tournament as well. Just very good. And we and we had Brian Hassler, the athletic director, on a few weeks back. He talked about this Bishop Foley girls team, and they were fresh off a win over Our Lady of the Lakes at the time. And he was like, we got something special going here. Mm-hmm. Whether you look at a couple freshmen, um, you look at a couple seniors, you've got the twins, or not the twin sisters, but the sisters that are on the team. I mean, it's just it's a very talented Bishop Foley girls team, one that, again, expects to make a run. 
Yeah, and they're, they're really starting to gel. I was able to catch up with Ray Joseph a little bit yesterday, and he, he said, hey, I, I coached a lot of these seniors when they were freshmen and sophomores on the JV, JV, JV level when I was uh, coaching there at that point. So, you know, they know each other. They're familiar with their coaching staff, which can be a, a, a big thing, especially with a, a new-ish coach, I guess, at the the varsity level. The and continuity is huge. Yeah, and, and he said how deep they were, too, and mm-hmm. that that – you know, in and itself, maybe somebody gets in foul trouble in, in the state playoffs for you to be able to not panic by looking at your bench and say, hey, look, yes, you know, she is as good as who's on the floor right now or, or nearly as good, and we have confidence in her because she's done a good job throughout the year. That, that can be huge. No doubt about that. And, you know, for a coach that kind of had to take over late and Ray Joseph, I mean, man, what a nice first year as a varsity head coach and a great team to have. He's done a good job with them, and his freshmen have adjusted well. He's done a nice job bringing them along. And that's the nice thing about you know promoting within, and you see it occasionally in Catholic League schools, but uh, it's hit or miss. When you promote within and you have a coach that's experienced coaching those lower levels, and specifically those kids that were in your program, that continuity is huge, and it continues that positive track of your program. So uh, that's a real nice job done by Coach Ray Joseph and his team, and uh, exciting stuff, no doubt about that. And we'll talk about the girls' basketball bracket, maybe some predictions a little bit later in our things to watch, but they'll take on Gabriel Richard Riverview in the first round. They haven't faced them quite yet as you know the intersections kind of cross over now in these CHSO playoffs. He says they're very energetic, though, and, and they have a guard that's fast that can shoot threes. So something to look out for there and, and something to track as uh, we get closer and closer, not only you know Catholic League finals but state finals as well. On to the boys now. How about the year for Riverview Gabriel Richard? I tell you what, some of these intersectional teams and double A teams, but we'll talk about it a little bit later as well. They've been outstanding this year, really stepping up uh, to the forefront. How about the Pioneers? 14-1. They clinched the number one title in the uh, or the the first place uh, seed, if you will, in the intersectional one division by going 9-0. They have another game uh, tonight when this podcast is released for his shrine to, to wrap up the year, but they've been rolling all along. 14-1, and 9-0. They haven't lost since January 7th. And I don't want to take away from your interview with Chris Dyack, the head coach at Riverview Richard, who will be joining us in just a few minutes here. But uh, overall, very, very talented team. One that, again, you don't go undefeated in the league by mistake. And it's a tough, tough thing to do. Interesting to see how the playoffs go for both undefeated Catholic League teams, uh, at least in league play, that is, with Rory Richard on the boys, even Orchard Lake St. Mary's on the boys' side, Bishop Foley on the girls' side, Trine on the girls' side. So you you look at those teams and you go undefeated in the regular season. It's a tough thing to do to go out and probably have to beat a couple teams three times. So at least one team you have to beat three times, most likely. So... That's a tough, tough thing to do. We'll see if they're able to get that done, but we'll preview those brackets in just a little bit. Yeah, and just a little bit as well. Chris Dyack, the head coach and athletic director at Riverview, Gabriel Richard, will join us. So excited to talk to him about his 14-1 year and how they're preparing for the CHSL and MHSA playoffs as well. But now it's time for some history. Here's Steve Wedrock with Since 1926. This moment in Catholic League history looks at multi-sport athlete from Livonia Ladywood, Ronna Greenberg. In 1979, Ladywood won the Catholic League AB Division Basketball Championship, defeating Royal Oak Shrine 56-52 at Callahan Hall. 
Leslie Nadeau led the Blazer attack with 16 points, and Greenberg chipped in 11. At the 1981 CHSL Track Championship, Greenberg placed third in the 440-yard dash, sixth in the 220-yard dash, and fifth in the high jump. She was also a member of the 1600-meter relay team. Along with teammates Leslie Nadeau, Katie Harley, and Jennifer Rio, the quartet recorded an MHSAA best time of 4 minutes, 2.9 seconds in the event. After graduating from Ladywood, Greenberg played basketball at Michigan State University. Although she played center for the Blazers, Greenberg played guard and small forward for the Spartans. In her time at MSU, she scored 188 points, grabbed 95 rebounds, and dished out 44 assists. Ronna Greenberg was inducted into the Catholic League Hall of Fame in 1986. She became the girls' basketball coach at West Bloomfield High School in 1988. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Welcome back to Inside CHSL. So glad to be joined by the head basketball coach, boys basketball coach at Riverview, Gabriel Richard, and the athletic director as well, Chris Dye. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. We look at your team. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier uh, on our top highlights, but you guys clinched the intersectional one title at 9-0. and have one more game as this podcast comes out on Friday versus trying to wrap up the regular season. But 14... In one overall, I kind of want to start with, with something I talked to you about a few weeks ago. You guys were kind of banged up and had some guys sick to start the year, but regardless, you were able to power through that. I guess, how proud are you of this team, the fact that you know it's kind of never lingered in terms of wins and losses throughout the year? Uh, extremely proud. Um, you know, our, our kids, we've got uh, 14 on the roster. I think we got one out at, uh, right now, but uh, it seems like everyone steps up. Early in the season, we had uh, played a couple games where you know our our normal starters or or guys that are in a rotation uh, got uh, in foul trouble, and it always seemed like someone else would step up. Um, we, we've got uh, a young team, but in the same sense, we've got some guys that uh, uh, have. Uh, how do I want to say? We've had some guys that uh, didn't play a lot as seniors and juniors. Um, now are stepping in. Uh, so these guys have stepped in uh, not not with a lot of experience so when I say we're young we're young from a, a playing standpoint but uh, it just seems like someone steps up their game, someone different yeah, that's that's certainly big to any run, and certainly big to any any time you have a team that's trying to you know clinch a number one seed in the tournament or trying to chase that CHSL title. Something else that has maybe helped you guys, both you and Cardinal Mooney, moved up a division this year. When it, what went into I guess deciding to do that, and how do you think that's going to help your team maybe now and uh, in the near future in the state playoffs as well in terms of competition? Well, as as opposed to moving up, I think I look at it more of um, the strength of the schedule is strong, but that other intersectional with uh, uh, Ann Lowney at Everest and and Peoples at uh, uh, Crystal Ray, those are good programs. You know, and Mark Summers at Lakes, uh, I, they're all very good. I, I don't I, I don't look at it as as moving up uh, per se. I think I look at it and say um, the, the the school sizes might be a little bit bigger, but I think competition all the way around the Catholic League is pretty darn good. Um, so when I say moving up, I know traditionally that's been one of the one of the things that they say. But 
but, but tactically in itself is just so darn tough and the coaching is so darn good. But uh, I think we were looking more uh, for maybe like a different challenge, if you will, not so much as it wasn't as challenging, but just uh, making another step in the direction of playing maybe some bigger schools, having the opportunity to play like Cranbrook and what have you. Ken here with Chris Dyack, the head boys basketball coach at Riverview, Gabriel Richard, and the athletic director as well. And when you look at your roster, I mean, everybody kind of stepping up as the year goes on. Somebody like Nick Schohowski, your point guard, your scoring leader at the beginning of the year, now really being guarded well by teams. They, they, they've scouted you. They've seen what you're doing. Um, guys like Mike Calhoun, Robbie Henderson, Mike Holdsclaw have kind of stepped up and taken the scoring, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, and you can throw Nick Kowal, or excuse me, uh, Jacob Kowal in there, and Nick Heiser. Uh, you know, those guys have stepped up in, in a lot of games. We, we really are young, going back to what I was saying earlier. You know, a lot of these guys didn't have a lot of varsity experience. You know, Nick and, and uh, Calhoun, they definitely didn't have any varsity experience. But it, it's really been the, the competitiveness, competitiveness at practice. Uh, you're seeing that. Um, and like I said, it's funny because uh, I always tell the kids, the season doesn't start till the second time around. You know, once once you play these teams and you get into the uh, the, the first uh, first time around in the league, um, you can catch some people by surprise. Second time around, you're not catching anyone. And a lot of teams are starting to take away Nick, and, and but it's providing some more space for some other guys. And Nick's such an unselfish player. He's definitely going to find guys, especially in transition, but he's also going to get it, get the basketball to guys that can score. And uh, like I said, a very good job of sharing the ball. I don't think there's anyone out there that wants to, uh, you know, that, that, that's looking at the score sheet and saying how many points I score, how many points I score. We don't chart any of that stuff uh, in our uh, locker room. Everything's more team orientated or uh, defensive orientated. We try and accomplish goals uh, per game. So it's uh, it's not so much as one one guy that you can stop because, like I said, uh, it, it's always it could be a key rebound by Robbie Henderson or an attack to the basket from Mike. But we just keep focusing on defense, and I think, like I said, we've got 12, 13, 14 guys that can play defense. Kind of had an, an extensive talk on our last episode, episode eight of Inside CHSL. You can dial that up if you didn't listen. Uh, any of the fans out there about? You know how the boys basketball and girls basketball seating has changed in the state of Michigan. I think we goofed a little bit and said that every team in the district is seated. That's not necessarily true. The top two teams in the district are seated, and then they go by alphabetical order. But how much, I guess, is that going to help competitiveness in, in terms of games in the districts and maybe as the tournament goes on, do you think? Definitely. There's going to be, uh, from a seating standpoint, I don't know if there's going to be any uh, advantage or disadvantage. Uh, I understand the, the process of trying to keep the first seed and second seed away from each other, or the top two teams playing early. But chances are you're going to play them anyway, whether you play them early or play them late. Uh, it really, for me, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, you know, playing for a championship, you might might be on the first night, uh, might be on the second night. Uh, but with with how deep and good Michigan basketball is, uh, you're you're, you're going to have to beat someone good. And when you have to beat them, sometimes doesn't really matter. But uh, uh, as, as opposed, or with regards to our schedule, you know, in, in going into the state, we wanted to play teams that were bigger, a little bit stronger. Uh, so we always felt if we could rebound with those teams, like 
Flint Powers and, and SMCC and, you know, the Huron League. I felt if we could rebound with them, thought we could be pretty competitive going into the States. And so far we've been doing that and staying competitive on the, on the glass, keeping teams in one shot. So that's been, uh, that's been very good for with our schedule. And chatting here with Chris Dyack, the boys basketball coach and athletic director at Riverview, Gabriel Richard, joining us on episode nine of Inside CHSL here. I want to kind of dive back into one of your individuals, Chris, and talk about Mike Calhoun. He's a 6'5 sophomore, and you say, wow, at your level, that's, that's a nice piece to have just from a height perspective. But he's a guy, when I talked to you, you know, three or four weeks back, that you told me, yeah, he fell in love with the weight room and he propelled himself from, you know, an end of the bench type reserve to a guy who's, you know, creeping into the starting lineup. Just what has he done well this year? You know, you, you say reserve. And like I said, he would, he definitely was a reserve last year. Um, he made the roster. We knew that as a freshman, he was not going to play a lot, but we knew as a sophomore, he was going to play uh, a ton or we, we hoped he'd crack that lineup. And I think, uh, he got to a point where if, if he was going to get to there, we, we told him, you got to get in the weight room. You know, for you to be the player that we want you to be in, the player that you want to be, you have to get bigger and stronger, especially, you know, moving up in the league and what have you for to be competitive. Um, he did that. You know, we, we bulked him out. We put him on a workout uh, starting in March. He went through maybe June, July, uh, gained some muscle, gained about 10 to, uh, to 15 pounds. And then we toned that down uh, in the summer a little bit. Um, his coordination was, was coming along real well. He's very coordinated now, but, uh, you could see a little bit in the summer that he was, you know, he was very comfortable. And then the fall league, I didn't get a chance to see him in the fall league, but a lot of coaches, uh, players and that were, were telling me that, uh, he was doing very well. Um, it, it's tough when you come in, he doesn't have any varsity experience. Um, but the, he comes in and, uh, uh, does a great job as a sophomore, uh, starts, uh, starts for the team and, uh, uh, is a, a consistent score. But one of the things that he's very good at that people don't know is how well defensively he is. He's a very good defender. We don't chart his blocks, but he's had some big blocks. Um, we, we always try and push him to take charges, but it's tough to tell a kid that's 6'5", who's got a long wingspan to, to take <laughs> charges. But he's done a very good job of uh, challenging shots. Last night, I think he had three blocks in the game. He actually had a fourth. They called a foul. I disagreed with it, but uh, no, he's he has really stepped up. I'm excited because we got two more years with him, and uh, 4.0 student, very intelligent. What he loves to do is he loves to learn. He wants to learn new things all the time, which is, you know, if I was a good coach, I'd be able to teach him something new every day. But I can't. I can't get him to do uh, the stuff that he's supposed to do. But uh, he wants to learn, and that's what makes him kind of special. You as a program pray before every practice uh, and every practice that way and then every game and before the game uh, with the Lord's Prayer as well. You also do something which I think is uh, really neat and a good idea in terms of the, the whole team going to Mass every Sunday. Talk about that and you know what that does not only for team bonding's sake, but uh, you know just prayerfulness and how the team is able to you know, kind of shape themselves around that as well. Well, definitely. Being a, being a Catholic school, faith is a big thing for us. Um, and every Sunday, you know, we, we go as a team uh, to mass. We, we've gone for the last two months or sometimes we can't get there because of, uh, you know, holidays or what have you. And, you know, family's big also, but, uh, it, it's, it's very important. And, and yes, it does. It, it creates a team bond. Um, it, it's great to hear the priest, um, say, uh, you know, real positive things about our team in front of the, the, the uh, community at mass. And it's, it's, uh, 
it's a uh, it's something that's unique. Uh, I don't think uh, everyone does that. Uh, we push that for our other teams as as the AD. I push that for other teams. Football does a very good job uh, of doing that. Volleyball's gone to that. Girls basketball. So a lot of our our teams are doing that. You know, I'd like to see more of it. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because kids will. Uh, question you know why am i not getting this why am i not getting that well these are the questions you can ask on sunday uh at mass to, to sit there you know god help me with the strength give me the strength to uh to, to get through these tough times and um it's funny because uh sometimes people don't think god's listening but i think he's always listening yeah, no doubt that's that's some really good stuff chris uh we're kind of wrapping up our interview here in episode nine of inside chsl but uh you guys have obviously had a great start, 14-1. As, as you look towards the Catholic League playoffs and the state playoffs, what's your one key to uh, making a run here? Well, you got to prepare for everybody. You know, that's that's the one thing I think we've, we've done well this year. Um, even teams that we think we might be better than, we never talk about it that way. We, we always prepare the same way. And for everybody, we never look forward. Uh, that's not something that we do. Uh, we always want to try and focus on one team at a time. I think that's been part of our success. The kids are very grounded with that and, and understand that. We don't look at rankings. We don't look at any of that stuff. We just try to focus on one game at a time. And I think that's, you know, heading into uh, the playoffs, that's going to be the same thing because you get in the playoffs, you're zero and zero. doesn't matter what you did in the, uh, in the regular season. It doesn't matter what you do in the tournament. You're zero and zero. And, uh, you know, I think there's sometimes a target on our back um, for who we are. And uh, uh, teams come at us. They come at us a little harder and come at us uh, with a little more gusto. And uh, we got to know that. I always tell the kids, it's tougher to protect things than to go after things. You know, going after things, you're going to punch and, and scratch and claw. But as a team that's trying to protect things, you're taking a lot of blows. You're getting punched a lot, and you're doing that. And we got to take those blows and then throw those blows back. But uh, just taking them one at a time, that's what you got to do. Or else, like I said, if you start looking forward, you can get beat. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us here today. We look forward to following the Pioneers throughout their run, and I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, your school as well as the spring starts with the, you know, baseball and all the other things that are in front of us there as well. Uh, and don't forget about our hockey team. Our hockey yes, team is uh, doing pretty well here. They're, they're, uh, they, they just beat the number one team in the state, and they're going to keep going. But uh, uh, all our sports here are doing very well, and I'm, I'm very proud of all our kids. They, they work their butts off. Yeah, and, and I appreciate you for everything that you do for – uh, for high school sports and the, and the Catholic League. Yeah, and we, we appreciate you guys tweeting at us as well. We want we want more schools to do that, more schools to interact with us to tell us, hey, look, we got this big win, we got this big performance. So continue to do that. We appreciate uh, all the help in terms of putting this thing together, and we appreciate you coming on here today. That's Chris Dyack, the athletic director and boys basketball coach at Riverview Gabriel Rouchard. Well, Jeremy, what a nice interview there with Coach Dyack talking about his team, mentioning even you know some of the other sports at his school, but that's a really good Riverview Richard team. And you talk about the youth they have, right, with sophomores and juniors in the starting lineup. He's got a team that's going to be good for several years to come. So pretty exciting stuff going on there. Yeah, and, and the athletic program overall. He mentions hockey. Uh, that, that's a good point. I'm really excited to see what they do. They just beat Houghton, as you mentioned, in the MIHL Showcase, one of the top teams in Division Three in baseball. has been right up there yes, it has. Uh, competing for Catholic League titles and state championships as well. So that's an exciting program. Football has been on the rise as well. They're looking to kind of get to that second level in terms of advancing a little bit further in the state playoffs. But uh, actually, just had a conversation with Coach Tom Michael. Did you? As okay. Well. Yeah. What, did he, what did he say? So, 
we'll just keep that. He just was talking about the podcast, <laughs> and that's actually a true statement. Okay. He just had some ideas for some topics he'd like to hear. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll dive into those. All right, that Maybe sounds good. Maybe in a good. couple weeks, yeah, Coach. Yeah, we, we, we always like, you know, suggestions. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to guess that Coach's question will be answered in a couple of weeks. We'll okay. leave it at that for now. That sounds good. Well, let's dive, in our, dive into our things to watch this week. The start of the girls' basketball playoffs is upon us by the time this podcast is released. We have some exciting matchups. We also have some dominant teams. We expect to, you know, make it all the way. No doubt about that. Well, let's first take a look at the Bishop division. Mercy and Marion both receiving a bye uh, in the first round of the tournament. You'll see Lutheran North take on Divine Child. Father Gabriel Richard take on Regina. Winner of Lutheran North, Divine Child will take on Mercy. I'm going to predict. Divine Child to take on Mercy, but I like Mercy getting to the Catholic League final. Then you got Father Gabriel Richard versus Regina. I think Regina, very good defensive team. They're going to find a way to win that game. They're going to get another matchup with Marion. Marion's going to be a tough team to take down, as they've shown in the regular season. I expect us to get that third matchup we're waiting for, Mercy-Marion in the Bishop Division Catholic League title game. Then... You look at the Cardinal division. First round, Shrine's going to get a bye. They will play the winner of Cabrini and Our Lady of the Lakes. I like Our Lady of the Lakes in that matchup. That's a very good team. They competed twice. Close games with Bishop Foley, especially the second time around. As we mentioned earlier, Foley undefeated in the Catholic League intersectional one play. So I like Lakes to get a matchup with Shrine there. Then you have Gabriel Richard, Bishop Foley. That's going to be a Bishop Foley W. If I'm getting, I'm guessing, Cranbrook-St. Catherine of Siena. I like a Cranbrook-Bishop Foley rematch. Bishop Foley won both regular season matchups. Look for them to win again. The big game in the Cardinal Division is going to come in that second round. Shrine, Our Lady of the Lakes. Toss-up could go either way. I like Shrine with the success they had in the intersectional, too. And we're going to get the matchup in the intersectional that we were hoping for in that Cardinal division that we'd love to see, okay? So you're going to get a Bishop Foley Shrine rematch if I'm doing my brackets. This will be a little trial run to see if I should fill out a bracket for March Madness this year or not, so we'll see how that works out. But if I'm betting now, I like Mercy Marion coming out of the Bishop division. I like Shrine Foley coming out of the Cardinal division. Two great traditional rivalry matchups expected to go down at Callahan Hall, which will be really exciting to see. I think the best thing for Mercy, call me crazy, was losing to Marion. I mean, I don't think you want to beat Marion twice in the regular season and have to face them a third time in the Catholic League playoffs and the rivalry combined with that and just the fact that, you know, the team has beaten you twice. So I think, you know, that goes a long way to them possibly taking the championship and winning the second time this year. And then sure. you look at the other matchup as well. I think the, the the same can be true in, you know, Shrine and Foley only playing each other once in a, in a non-league, you know, per se type of matchup before the their conference season starts. And, you know, Foley didn't have the best of starts that they d- did outscore um, Shrine in the second half. And, and they thought that they weren't maybe all together as they are right now. And, you know, maybe they weren't gelling as much. So, the previous matchups may be doing the other team some good if you know they sure. can shake out and be. But that's maybe something to talk about down the road, huh? Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's take a shift over now to the boys' standings. First, you look at the Central Division. Orchard Lake St. Mary's is going to take first place in the Central. Uh, Catholic Central's been eliminated from the Catholic League tournament. Seriously, Deal sells the four seed. Looks like Brother Rice 
will end up as the three seed. U of D will be the two seed. Now, if De La Salle beats U of D Friday and Brother Rice defeats Orchard Lake St. Mary's, Brother Rice will be the two, U of D will be the three seed. In reality, it doesn't make too much of a difference. We'll just impact their first round by. They will again see each other, uh, if assuming they both win, en route to a Catholic League final, um, which for U of D especially, really impressive, knowing that they were a little bit down. They were in a rebuilding year, if you will, with some youth. They find themselves right in the mix and very potentially back at Callahan Hall where they've sound uh, what seven consecutive Catholic League titles, I believe. Something like that, yeah. It's hard to keep track of at this so, point. But. Just a dominant program, right? Then you look at the AA division. Loyola and Lutheran North are battling out for the number one seed coming out of the AA. The team that does prevail, that will take on De La Salle in that first Catholic League playoff game. So you got a really interesting matchup to watch there. In the intersectional one, I think we've talked a lot about Riverview Gabriel Richard. If you didn't know already from listening to the podcast, they clinched the intersectional one division. And then in the intersectional two, you've got a real nice tie right now between Everest Collegiate and Detroit Cristo Ray. Now, Everest won the first matchup by four points. And then all of a sudden, Cristo Ray comes back. They win the second matchup by only two points. They both sit at seven and two in the league. They each have one game left in league play, and they're ex- they're both expected to win. So in the case that they both win, Everest will claim the intersectional two crown off the tiebreaker based off of total points. By two points, mm-hmm. Everest will be the intersectional two champion. So that's kind of a look and where all of the Catholic League boys basketball standings sit. Obviously, we talk girls because we know their tournament bracket. This is where the boys are sitting as we get to that final week of regular season play. And I think the double-A is the most intriguing in terms of what they may be able to do to some Central Division teams. We talked about it at the beginning of the year as the Central Division being maybe the most competitive it's been in the last 10. But you look at the records, and you see still some good teams, but you say, hmm, you know, some of these teams are scuffling Heading into the Catholic League playoffs, I think this is the year for a couple of these double-A teams to seriously have a chance to upset some of these Central Division teams. So we can talk about that a little bit more as we get closer and the brackets come out, but uh, just keep that in the back of your minds as something that might be a factor leading into that. And as we wrap up Episode 9 of Inside CHSL, we head to the pool now. Catholic Central doing their thing. They're the number one team in the Division One lower Peninsula. They took on the number one team in Division Two Lower Peninsula. That was Farmington in that Oakland County meet. They were able to win that as well. And this is a, a CC team looking for their third straight Catholic League title, looking to avenge their runner-up performance. They lost by just six one-hundredths of a second in the last relay to lose the state championship last year. So if you don't think there's something in the back of all those swimmers' minds to try to get back there, I think there is. You talk about that Catholic Central mindset, that mentality, that toughness, and you associate it a lot with the wrestling program, their football program. I guarantee you that swimming program has that same mental just toughness, that mentality that, hey, we are going out and we're getting this thing done. Six one-hundredths of a second. To know you were that close. 
And for Catholic Central, they've put themselves in a prime position. Jeremy, you mentioned mm-hmm. they've won back-to-back Catholic League titles. They're looking for a three-peat. They're the number one team in the lower peninsula, Division One. Now they go out, they win that Oakland they win against the Oakland County champion of Farmington, and then they claim that title. So the expectations are through the roof right now for CC, right? They've put themselves in position. They've got several meets left before the Catholic League and then the state semis and finals. And I think everybody expects them to go out and win a state title this year to get themselves back. So that's pretty exciting for Catholic Central and, you know, trying to recover after last year's just tough defeat, but very good team, the right mentality, and you'd expect nothing different from the Catholic Central Shamrocks. Yeah, Mario McDonald winning the 100 free is an OSU commit to, for Catholic Central in that Oakland County meet. Also, Connor, Connor Brownell, a Ohio State commit, won the 100-yard fly. So they're a big reason why they were able to take that meet and the standouts in that one and certainly standouts throughout the year for Catholic Central as well. Well, we want to remind you, Subscribe, rate, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. Search us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at at Inside underscore CHSL. Gmail, you can email us there as well, Inside CHSL. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your performances that you've seen. Maybe you're a coach, an athletic director, a fan. We want to hear it so we can put them out there on our podcast each week, right? No doubt, right? A lot of great stuff happening. We talked about the playoff brackets, more championships to come. We're bracing for those state tournaments. So keep us in the loop. We're doing our research, but we'd love to hear those great stories. We'd love to get those extra reminders. Anything helps. So, yeah, continue to reach out, and uh, hopefully they bring us back for Episode 10, right? Yeah, we hope so. Thanks to the Archdiocese of Detroit Communications Department, Ron Pangborn, Alex Westfall, Steve Wentrock, our uh, fine history buff, if you will, uh, here on Inside CHSL. Mike Evoy, everybody involved with making this possible. Brendan Johnson across from me. I'm Jeremy Otto. We will see you next week for Episode 10. 